I have just launched my very first online personal branding course for recruiters. With you listening to this podcast, you will know how passionate I am about personal branding and how much of an impact it's had on my career. It's what gave me the courage to start this very podcast. Now, I do not doubt with you listening to this podcast, you will know about the importance of personal branding as a recruiter in today's market. But you might be thinking, how the hell do I start? What do I create content about? And how can it help me make more money as a recruiter? On this online course, I'm going to help you cut through the confusion with personal branding. Not only to learn how to start building your brand tomorrow, but to make sure you're equipped with the correct strategy and mindset for long-term personal brand success. Now, if this is important to you and you want to add branding to your skill set as a recruiter, then make sure you go and check out the online course. And yes, this is a podcast ad by me for me. (laughs) You can enroll on the online course by clicking the link in the episode show notes and with you being a recruitment roller coaster listener, of course, you will get a special discount. You can use the discount code podcast to get a discount on the course itself. Hopefully, I'll see some of you on the course. And now let's get into this episode. So, the big question is this How do the best recruiters and recruitment business owners? ride the highs and lows of recruitment whilst ensuring they remain at the top. How do they stay consistent? How do they manage their time? How do they cultivate the correct mindset? And what are the best recruiters and recruitment businesses doing differently? These are the questions that all recruiters want to know the answers to. This is the podcast where I have real and honest conversations with some of the most talented recruitment professionals globally to uncover all their secrets. My name is Hisham Azuz. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. This podcast is sponsored and supported by my good friends at Hunted. Last year, Hunted helped over 300,000 recruiters all across the world. They're dedicated to improving not just the industry, but your place within it. If you want to be a better recruiter, have more resilience, see greater success in your recruitment career, or simply change jobs or country, then you need to check out hunted.com. I'd love you to check it out and let me know what you think. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz. Today, I'm in London. I'm joined by Paul Kelly, who is the COO of a recruitment business called Strictly Recruitment. And they are a specialist agency um, that focuses on business support. They're based in London, have been going for 10 years this summer, and currently employ 14 uh, people. Paul, thank you for joining me. Absolute pleasure. Great to be here, buddy. Um, So yeah, just just to give everyone some context, it is... 16th of March. <laughs> this is when the chaos is going on, and I think we'd be we'd be stupid not to cover this. And I think mm. Paul's got some some great sort of life experience, business experience through adversity. So mm-hmm. we're definitely going to talk about that. But um, with you sort of um, 
having your own recruitment business for nearly 10 years now, mm. we're definitely going to really focus on that today. Okay. Um, but where I always like to start is how, how did Paul Kelly enter the world of recruitment? Okay, right from the, the very beginning. Well, I got into recruitment in the late 90s, actually. Really? So, yeah, a very long time, very long time ago. I, um, when I was at college... I had desires to be a nightclub promoter, okay. and, and that was I was uh, I was right into the music scene, and I yeah. loved going out, going partying, and what have you. So essentially, I had this idea that I just wanted to be a club promoter and put on parties for a living. Yeah. So I left college. I went from job to job to job, essentially, mm. whilst putting on these parties. Okay. For me. The jobs that I would do in were always secondary to the, what to, yeah, yeah. to the parties and stuff because that was the road that I wanted to go down. So I did that for a period of time, a couple of years, yeah. um, and had great fun doing the parties. Parties were always great, yeah. but I was never making any money. What area was this? Uh, what in terms of As what location? You hosting the parties? And stuff? Uh, London, London, London okay, yeah, nice. and locally to where I lived in North London as well, and okay, a bit so. in Hertfordshire. Um, it was great fun don't yeah. get me wrong it's brilliant um, but I was literally going from job to job and yeah, I wasn't yeah. really paying too much focus on the job that I was doing on a day to day basis yeah fair enough and um, I remember speaking to my mum and dad and my dad saying look Paul you know like, wh- you know what are you going to do don't think this has got legs <laughs> yeah what, what <laughs> was the um, what was the so so I, I so I did two summers abroad yeah in um, Magaluf, mm-hmm. selling bar crawl tickets yeah, yeah, yeah. or a bar yeah. crawl called Carnage Bar mm-hmm. Crawl. Yeah. What was your like part? What was your like nights? Was did you have like a name for like? Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. What so, was it called? so the nights that we used to do when I first started was a club called Yummy. Yummy, okay. And um, it was right at the beginning when the garage scene just came on, came yeah. alive. Uh, I mean, we managed to get EZ as our resident. Oh, really? Yeah, 150 quid no. a set. So he was, that was uh, he was our resident DJ, and I remember once. We were in my mate's car listening to a pirate radio station. There yeah. was an MC on there. Yeah. I called up the station. I said, Beat him. Yeah, I was like, look, <laughs> I, I, I love your MC in. Look, come and meet us. We've got this party. Yeah. He turned up, this guy turned up in his Shelly's top. Yeah. Um, and it turned out it was MC Neat. Wow. Um, and back then, like, nobody had ever heard of him. Yeah. And then off the back of that, he went on to That's so cool. MC with um, EZ and bits and pieces yeah. and then went on to do the charts. So, what, what was the, what were the event? Because normally they're quite funny names. What, our party? Yeah, what yeah, was it it's called? called Yummy. Oh, it's called Yummy. Yeah, that, oh, was, okay, yeah, that, was, it, yeah, that was that was the name of the night. So, but I remember Yummy. my dad saying to me, "Look, this is great, but yeah. you know, like, where are you going to go with What's this? What's going on?" Yeah. yeah. So, um, when I was at college, my my tutors wanted me to go to university. I yeah. was like, like, I just want to earn money. Yeah. And they were like, "Look, if you're going to earn money, you got to be a salesman because mm. that's what you that's what you're good at." So I started to do these sales jobs. It wasn't really happening. Mm. Then um, one day I went into a Deco Alfred Marks. Oh, wow. Um, who, so a Deco Alfred Marks and an hour Deco, yeah. and obviously. Um, and then from there, they sent me out to various different temp jobs, one mm-hmm. of them being postman and bits and pieces like that. Yeah. And I remember going into the recruitment agency thinking, well, this looks like the easiest job in the world. Yeah. Um, applied for five recruitment agencies yeah got all five of them yeah. managed to get all five um accepted one and then i stayed there for a really long time essentially how long for? so i was there for well it, it would have been pretty much 10 12 years so really yeah pretty oh, much wow. yeah so i was with the same company for yeah pretty much the whole okay. time so, so 10 and 12 years at this one yeah. company then just mm-hmm. to frame up for everyone then after yeah. that when yeah. you left there yeah 
you then um, started Strictly. Yes. With your business partner. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, a good period of time in after the 2008 recession hit us really hard. Yeah. Um, and there were a number of redundancies in the company. Yeah. There were a bunch of us that were kept on. We essentially kept the company going mm -hmm. and we pushed forward. We started to come out the other side. And then at that point, it was like, look, you know, we're faced with a decision here. If we're going to do it. Yeah, where do we go? Like, what, you know, where do we go from here? Do we carry on doing what we're doing? Yeah. I got to, I got to the point where I was unmanageable, be it just being really? completely well, you're honest. you just like a decent biller. I, yeah, there was, yeah, there was three of us that were essentially propping up the business. And was it business support you were doing at that point? Yeah, all okay. business support, mainly secretarial. Okay. And um, I'd got to the point where I would have idea after idea after idea. They weren't getting put into process. Yeah. And I was like, look, come on, this is going to help the business. And yeah. then it was like, no, can't do that. It's going to cost too much money. Can't yeah, do this, yeah, can't yeah. do that. So um, I took a kind of step back and thought, right, look, where do we go? Yeah. And put it to my business partner now. How do you fancy doing this? And yeah. Um, there's a whole long story that, that goes behind that, which, you know, haven't got time for that now. But um, about a year later, um, Strictly was there with me and David, mm. ready at the helm, cracking on, basically. So so how you met your business partner was at your old company? Yeah, yeah. He, um, he, joined, he joined our old company, but I was there for about three or four years, and then he came on board, and we worked together throughout that time. Okay. He was cool. a prolific biller as well. There was, who, uh, who was better? He, was, he ended up. <laughs> he knows who's better, but um, <laughs> to, 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 to be fair, to, to be fair, he um, he's one of the best recruiters that I've ever met. Okay, cool. In terms of his process, in terms of the way that he does things, the way that he keeps people yeah. in the loop, and the actual process of everything, uh, he's a shining light. To, you know, mm. unbelievable recruiter. Okay. Um, and there was another guy that was there at our old company. Mm. Um, again, unbelievable recruiter as well. So um, I learned a lot from them. Yeah. Um, vice versa, we all learned yeah, together yeah. really because we all went through tough times and good times as well. So okay. So what what year um, did you join Strictly then? So it had been two thousand uh, end of two thousand and ten. Under two thousand and ten. Yeah. All right then. Just because of um, it, just makes sense to touch mm -hmm. on it now. Then Let, let's just let's just talk a bit about the 08 piece so as you said like that and that was that was a bit of a moment for you guys where mm -hmm. you're like hang on a minute so we got yep. through this tough time yeah like what does our future look like at this business and that's clearly which was the catalyst go well actually yep. why don't we sort of have build our own future right yeah so j just quickly then let, let's just talk about it for, a, for five or so minutes so what so into what just talk a bit about it because okay. so, a lot of people listening probably until sort of around this period now, I haven't been through adversity where people will literally call you up and say, we're putting a halt on everything. Yes. And I've experienced that myself this week. So like, what, just just to set the scene a bit. So 2008, yeah. what, what started happening? So 2008, um, obviously with the banking crash, literally it was almost, it was, it was like a domino effect. Yeah. Obviously, what happens with what happened with all the big banks? It, it just then had a trickle effect and a knock-on effect absolutely yeah. everywhere. And we were in a position, much like most recruitment agencies, where every single person was saying to us, "No, like you know, recruitment's on hold. Nothing's yeah. going to happen. No budget. Everyone's being made redundant. Flood of people in the market, and you know, loads and loads of candidates without a job, yeah. essentially. So we had to start looking in as many places as possible 
where we could start essentially putting the business in. Mm -hmm. And at that time in 2000, in 2008, a year before I had been to Dubai yeah. um, for my 30th birthday. Yeah. And every day in Dubai, I was the, the newspaper was getting delivered to the hotel. Yeah. And I was seeing job after seeing the job, yeah, yeah, yeah. job pages. And I came back and said to my boss at the time, look, there's a huge market in Dubai. <laughs> I think we need to look at this. He didn't want to touch it. He said, no. And I said, well, I think we're crazy. We, we've got to be looking yeah. at this. There's, there's like, all of our clients are there. He was like, no, we do too much business in London. We're not going to touch it. Yeah. So a couple of nights after work, everyone went home. I started firing off emails to every single client that we had in London that had offices in, in Dubai. Dubai. Yeah. I got back in. Um, I got back in the, the following morning. Checked my emails. I had all these responses back saying, "Yeah, we've got this job, and we've got this job, and wow. we've got this job." I went to my boss. I said, "Look, the appetite's there. You got to tell me. You, you can't tell me we can't look at this." And he was like, "You've just done that, and I've told you not to do it." Yeah. I was like, "I know, but I've done it in my own time." Yeah, I want to do this. Um, so I went through a period of time of getting into work super early. Yeah. Uh, and like because of the t because of the time yeah, yeah, yeah. time difference, making those phone calls in Dubai, doing stuff in Dubai, and then when half eight nine o'clock came in London, I started working on the London jobs, and then we started filling jobs in Dubai. The crash came in London, and essentially a hundred percent of our jobs were in Dubai. Wow! And that Do you know, you're not we, the first uh, person to uh, yeah. So I had a guy on a while back now called Liam Thomas. They um, in engineering. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was, it might have been property, I'm not sure. But yeah. um, they, so they ended up starting their own business in around the crash time. Mm -hmm. And he shared a story where, it's really funny actually. So he shared a story where they were watching a TV, like a TV program that was related to their sort of world. And they saw Dubai building all these yeah. buildings. Mm -hmm. And they just started bidding Dubai. Yeah. Started making places around yeah. that sort of similar time. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. So I guess, okay, initiative. Mm -hmm. Seeing an opportunity, yes. taking action, yeah, led that right. So I 100%. guess amidst the sort of adversity right now, mm -hmm. like how can people go about looking and sort of trying to get themselves in positions where they recognise or see opportunities yeah, like that? Because I think that that's yeah. what people can do, right? So how De what, definitely one hundred percent. So how can people do that in today's world? Yeah, I mean, look today, today of all days. It's a difficult day today because things are changing all of the time. Yeah. And, you know, we've been discussing before this about the challenges that we've both faced today. And in recruitment, a lot of businesses out there are getting no's from clients saying recruitment is on hold. Yeah. Everyone's at home. Of course, people are going to put their recruitment on yeah. hold at this moment in time. But there is always opportunities. Yeah. And at this point, it's very easy to start panicking. It's very easy to start thinking, where am I going to do my next deal? Where am I mm. going to get my next interview from? Where am I going to get my next job from? It's just about ascertaining what markets are still going to be out there. Mm. And even if there aren't any jobs at this moment in time because there are no there is no business, mm. now is the best time to be doing business development mm. because ultimately this is the time where actually you're going to be able to get through to key decision makers. Yeah one of the things that every recruiter will say, one of the hardest things is actually getting, getting through, hold people, getting yeah. hold of people. Today, tomorrow, next week, the door is open yeah. because the gatekeepers aren't there. Yeah. So it now becomes an opportunity to start forming those relationships, mm. to start pushing on. There will be some business that's out there. Of course there will be. There yeah. will be scraps. And it's about fighting for those scraps, but also 
remembering that you've got to hang in there for the long term mm. because that's the the bedrock of any success of any recruitment consultant is longevity. Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. Like there's no there's no shortcuts in this job. Yeah. And you have to be building all of the time continually every single step of the way and it's never more pre- it's never more prevalent today no, you know? i really like that and i, and I guess mm. what you're saying there is instead of being reactive yep. being proactive with what you yes. can do yeah give yourself the chance or the opportunity to recognize that that space where well actually i, that, I could pull a deal from there so like what yeah. you're saying is obviously you've been on your 30th birthday seeing the papers oh my god there's a lot mm. of jobs here yeah you can create that sort of moment if you're picking up the phone and yes. building relationships with people, speaking to people, finding mm. out stuff, and you're going to give yourself the best possible chance of finding that Definitely. window of opportunity if mm-hmm. you're actually speaking to people. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I like that. And it's, you know, this this job is about relationships. It's about building those bonds. And as I say, now is the time to ha- actually give yourself that opportunity to build those bonds. Yeah. You know, we spoke to clients today and we didn't speak about recruitment once. You know, we had a moan about what's going on because everyone's in it together. Yeah. We're all in this together, so yeah. we're all going through it. And the people that survive and fl- and flourish at the end of it mm. will be the ones that keep those relationships going and build them in the tough times. You know, mm. It's very easy to sit there and say, well, I'm not going to pick up that phone because of course no one's got jobs. But just... Flip it, flip it. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. flip it on its head. What can we do? Now is the time to start adding more value to the to these businesses and, you know, take a hit and give them your knowledge and give them their advice and, yeah. you know, they'll remember that moving forward. Yeah, like that, mate. Um, okay, cool. So back to, to you and your, your journey up until this point. Um, so, I mean, yeah, being involved in having your own recruitment business for nearly 10 years, that's a great achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I guess... Let's sort of break this down into sort of the early days. I think yeah. a lot of people that um, are considering, wanting, or visualise themselves having their own business, recruitment business, I think it's the sort of taking the leap. To how the first years are going to be is, is definitely where a lot of fear comes, yeah. which is obviously understandable. Yeah. So let's just sort of break this sort of 10-year journey down into the sort of early days. So mm-hmm. how, were, how were the um, fir- how was the first second year as you said you joined the business eight nine yep. months in yeah um and it was just you and your business partner yeah how long just to frame it up how long was it just you two for would you it say it was um we it was just us two for a good a, about six months or so okay yeah about six months or so we were we were very lucky okay in the sense of not not lucky you know completely lucky we were lucky that the fact that we had really good relationships yeah, of course with some with some really good companies there were a whole bunch of companies that we categorized it kind of ABC, okay. essentially. So we had a bunch of companies that were on our A list that we said, yeah. when the chips are down, we know these people are going to say, yeah, here's our jobs. Yeah. That, was, that was A. B was, we've got a decent relationship, you know, kind of 50-50. Mm. And then there was C, there were people like that, they won't touch us. Yeah. Now, of those, I would say about 80% of the people on our a list came came with us and started speaking to us after the cover after yeah. after restrictions had gone what was interesting was that the people on the b list nowhere near as many as we thought would come with us but on the c list the people that actually didn't we didn't think would come with us at all way more <laughs> of those people actually came mm. uh which was really interesting actually and 
the first you know the first year we were together we did uh, we we did pretty well we we got to i think we got to 350 350k okay, between, first, yeah. yeah between us and is it perm predominantly yeah it was all per, it was all perm no no term. so how how did you acquire it what was the client because i think that's where a lot of people are definitely worried about yeah. what was the what was the client acquisition strategy like how did you get these people was it as literally as simple as pick it up was, the phone and go yeah. hi guys yeah. you just started our own was, recruitment business yeah. so you it, was help? Old, it was old school yeah it was, it was old school and that was the old school was all it was up until that point mm-hmm. old school was all we'd ever known well, you done yeah. you know just to give you an example my first day in recruitment and my team always laugh about this because we always say oh back in the day and yeah yeah we have a laugh about it um, my first day in recruitment, there was no computer, there was no CV, <laughs> there was a phone and a phone book. And, phone and book, it was yeah, like, just go, just go. Just, and I was like, what do you mean? They were like, you phone these companies, yeah. you get jobs, and then you put people in. So that was the job. We would get a company, yeah. and then we would book candidates in for interviews over the phone, and then the, and then the candidates would turn up with their CV for interviews so mm. it was the first time the client would even see the CV of the person of the candidate yeah. going to be interviewed so that was our that was all we knew at that point and the company we worked for were really old school phone 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 go yeah, go yeah, go yeah, go, yeah. go so that's always been ingrained in us you know and I think there's a lot to be said for that um, that old school approach of building those relationships so that's what we did we got on the phones we we hit the meetings there were days where i would literally be out of the office from like 10 until 4 back to back to back to back to back really this is what i'm doing this is where i'm going and i would just be ruthless with like relentless. Book, yeah relentless meetings yeah like, i'm here this is what we're doing this is this is how we're setting our stall out yeah these are the type of things that we're going to try and achieve these are our goals these is this is what we want to do everybody says that that we're different yeah but yeah. we what went there your, with what, what was your sort of because i think are you, i think yeah. you're right everyone says everyone says right, i'm gonna start yeah. i'm gonna do it different mm-hmm. but what, what yeah. was your actual unique so in our yeah can, so in our industry um in our industry the business support it's very kind of CV heavy and like get the CVs out the door, yeah. like just get them out. So like, uh, quantity over quality. Yeah. So we we positioned ourselves. We said uh, to every company we went to, we're going to send you three CVs maximum. We're not going to send any more than that. Okay. Nice. And um, where we can, we'll send one or two. And if and we said if, if you want more, we'll send you more. But we only want to send you three. Mm. And everybody kind of said, okay, well that's completely opposite to how everybody else is doing it. Yeah. Um, so we really stuck to that. And that seems really simplistic because a lot of places do that now. Yeah. But at that time, it's very... And we still see it today. We still see lots of agencies out there just kind of firing yeah, CVs yeah, yeah. out and hoping... It's crazy the amount of people still do that. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that frustra- that's really frustrating in the industry. Yeah. And that's frustrating. So, so it, was very, it was very much, look, guys, we know your challenge is this. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to just raise the bar, basically. Yeah. We're going to raise the bar. We're going to do it. We're going to be different to everybody else. We're going to take that time to, to know exactly what you want, what the business wants. And embed ourselves as a partner, yeah. rather than hey, look, we're just a re- yeah, yeah, we're just a recruiter. Because at that time, recruitment was very transactional, yeah. and it wasn't necessarily partnership based like it is now. Yeah, and yeah. like you know, it's 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 a completely different landscape now. Yeah, and we were at the kind of curve of that starting, yeah, yeah. and really position ourselves saying, well, look, this is how we want to do things. And people really liked it. Um, and we um, we set up an award scheme very early on, which was an idea that I'd had five years before mm. and said, look, let's do these awards. 
It's going to be great for brand awards awareness. for your sector. Yeah, it was it was called the Legal PA of the Year Awards at that point. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, we we were doing a lot of stuff in the legal market. Now we're kind of cross sector across loads of different markets. Uh, we still look after legal, um, but we set up the Legal PA of the Year Awards, and then that evolved, and that kind of took us from obscurity to with a lot of places to then pretty much a household name in that sector okay. in a very short space of time. Yeah, because that was going to be my next question. Like, yeah. How important was it for you guys having the niche? I think that's spoken a lot about in today's yeah. like, starting a recruitment business tomorrow. Yeah. Obviously, business support had been the market you'd done, but yes. yeah. like, did you yeah did you niche that down to certain business support in certain verticals? Like, How important yeah. was it to have a niche early on? Yeah, I think it was, for us, it was vital because our niche was legal uh, initially yeah. when we set the business up. We set the business up on the basis of we're going to be legal and before now, that, you'd done legal, but other yeah, things. Yeah, no, before that, we'd, all, we'd only done legal. Oh, okay, sorry. But on the flip side of what we'd seen in, 20, in 2008 yeah. is that we were, going, we, we were known as legal specialists and we were trying to approach, you know, accountancies or yeah. insurance, all these different other places. And everybody would say, well, we can't deal with you because you're a legal specialist. You're legal, yeah. Whereas we went to our law firms and said, this is what we're going to do. And was really open about it, and you know our our game plan was to capture that legal market first of all, mm. and then push on from there. And build out. Yeah, get our you know get our foot in within the legal within the legal space, and then take that and then push on and add the different sectors and different to verticals, it. Yeah. And we've gone off and done that. And mm. um, but it was important to have that. And definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely, because you know if you have a niche. Everyone wants to deal with the specialist. Yeah. You know, how, you, I know that yeah. sounds really like cliche and just yeah. generic, but it's true. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. Mm. If I, if somebody approached me mm. and said, "Hey, you know, we deal with recruitment, and you know, we look after PAs and secretaries," I've come across this great recruiter. I'm going to be like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'd rather yeah, go." Yeah. You know, that so, yeah. and and everybody's you know everybody's the same, and especially in you know in every designated market the decision maker wants to know the person on the other end of the phone knows mm. what they're talking about. Um, and and I think that's going to be probably in the next couple of months, that's mm. going to be even more important for mm. people who are going to be setting up on their own, you know, in a few in a few months down the line, is to kind of know in that sector and know him being persuasive and saying, look, I know all about this. I can bring value because this is what we do and what do, this yeah. is the advice that we can give you in that regard. Okay, what, what happened on in that first year or second year that yep. you... Um didn't expect would happen loads loads oh, i mean look there were loads i think looking back we were probably a bit too arrogant when we first started because and i think it's important to acknowledge those moments yeah. so you can learn from them i think we were a bit too arrogant in the sense that we just thought well we're great recruiters Mm. Well, of course of course it's going to be we're going to have a successful business yeah. like you know there was no it wasn't like you know it wasn't even a thing we were like yeah of course it's going to be a success yeah, you, knew, you knew what you had to do yeah um but of course running your business running a recruitment agency is so different to being a biller and you know you know so different and so um there are so many different challenges that you've got to face and you've got to overcome um that it gets in the way and it's difficult billing it's difficult making decisions it's difficult 
putting the whole jigsaw together. Mm. And I have to say, it probably took us about four years of trial and error, mm. of trying different things, making bad decisions, yeah. learning from those, making another bad decision. Okay, well, we'll put that right for all of the bits and pieces of the, the jigsaw of the business mm. to really come together. Because none of us had none of us had experience of running a business. None of us had experience of, of all the things that Could come. Could you manage people? Not, not yeah. officially, no. Not officially, because the structure that we were in before yeah. was very flat. So what, what, what were the pieces of the jigsaw that you found most challenging then, would you say? Because I think that's really... Because yeah. I, I think that is the typical mindset of someone that's a really good biller yeah. to go, yeah. I'd build 400k this year. Yeah. Don't want to do it for Paul anymore. Yeah. I wonder what that would look like, do it for myself, course, which yeah. I'm sure is part of your mentality, Definitely. which is why, mm -hmm. I think which is why it's really interesting for you to have the humility to go, well, actually, back then I was actually probably arrogant yeah. because you've got that mentality of well i've been smashing out the park for the last yeah. 10 12 years yeah. i know what i need to do but yeah. as you quite rightly said mm. understanding the jigsaws that yeah. sort of make up a recruitment business it isn't just pull billing and mm. worrying about mm. the sort of what the next paycheck is going to look like mm. so what, what was the the sort of the biggest challenges that took the most time to get right the biggest challenges were bringing people into the fold and, mm. and I know that listening to, yeah, to this yeah. podcast, everyone's getting people to, bought into the Strictly business. Yeah, so. I think it was, it's getting people to be bought in and it's getting people that, you know, initially we had a very specific way of doing things. We had a way, we were from a culture that it was, that it was, it wasn't even spoken about that you perform to the highest. You know, you, you take your, you take your work and no, your, the standards. Yeah. You take it to the next level. We yeah. never worked to a KPI in our lives. There was, there was no, there was nothing. We had to make, we all had high standards. Yeah. We had to make 20 grand a month fees yeah. and that was our target. Yeah. Go. Um, and we made sure we hit it every single yeah. month and that was it. So we came from that environment. So we, because that was, that was like the high performance culture. Yeah. It was ingrained in us. That's what you want. That's what. Yeah. You ended so initially, so in, yeah. Initially, we'd speak to people and be like, "Hey, look, you know, come and have an interview," and like yeah. they'd say all the right things. But when push came to shove, it was a completely different mindset. And the people have been used to having KPIs, and they were like, "I don't want KPIs anymore." We're like, okay, fine. We don't work to KPIs because we all want to earn this amount of money. Yeah. And people then struggled not having KPIs, and it's like, well. If you could go on five meetings a week when you were working at XYZ, why aren't you going to five meetings a week now? And yeah. they were like, oh, I don't know. It's yeah. like, well, if you could have that many interviews or see that many people, so why aren't you doing it now? So that was a struggle. Um, I think staff management was a struggle, yeah. if, if I'm 100% honest yeah. as well. Um, and why do you think that? Why do you think that was? Because I think a lot of people struggle with that. What, yeah, what was personal I, to you that you found from, hard? From, personally, from me yeah. and, and, and for Strictly, because we didn't have that, that that uh, we didn't have that exact experience, training, yeah. or or background in it. We just thought, oh, okay, you know, it's it's going to be fine. We'll look after people and what have yeah. you. Um, no one was ever late in our in our old job. No, nobody ever took any days off sick. You know, yeah, people would turn up and they would literally be on death's door, They'd smash it out, and still work. People yeah. would have operations. They would be on the phone the next day, like working, yeah, like, yeah. you know, in bed at home, and that was. That was ingrained in us. That was how we yeah. used to work. Obviously, it's not like that. You know, it's, <laughs> like, it's not like that. You know, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's not how it is. So, so what, was so, it coming to terms with the your expectation yeah. of what people it's, should be doing was just way far from reality? Yeah, and I think I think just it, from what you've been at, yeah, what you've and, been experiencing, coming, coming to terms from having been in such an old school environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come to knowing, terms that. knowing that we had to remove ourselves from that old school environment to get more with the times, 
but then bridging that gap on actually how to do it yeah. was a struggle. Um, yeah. And I think actually that's been the making of us as a business, yeah. that struggle. It definitely has mm. because now we know, you know, it's a shame that it's a shame that we didn't have the same amount of growth as we're having now over the last three years in yeah. those, in, in those early times. Yeah. Um, but everything happens for a reason, right? Yeah. And without that, we wouldn't be in the position that we're in now mm. because we went through that. We went through scratching our heads. Why are people phoning sick every day? Why is someone late? Why is, you know, mm. they've got a candidate waiting there for them. Like, why aren't they here 20 minutes before? Like yeah. we went through all of these things and kind of realized it's, there's a shift in the way people work and, and stuff like that. Mm. And we've, we've adjusted, not necessarily our expectations, but our management style to suit a more modern day uh, working approach. Yeah. And it's working very well now. I'm, I'm so how, let, let's break that down then, because I yep. think a lot of people can get a lot of value out of that. Because okay. I, I think, I, absolutely, I just love the way that you've put that, is that, and that was one of the things I definitely want to speak to you, with, with yeah. you being someone that started recruitment in the 90s, yeah. to having your own recruitment business for the last 10 years, mm-hmm. I think that that's, I think that's so, like, businesses that have gone on for as long as yours has and have thrived have grown has done well are are those that have had to adjust adapt and and become current or more current and that's basically what you're saying like yeah you come from the environment you did it's quite old school and you had to sort of move with the times and adapt and be flexible and be open to doing things a bit differently so i guess but how how so you said like the different part, the challenge with the different parts of the jigsaw for the first four years was really difficult. Mm-hmm. How how did you start building this sort of strictly recruitment jigsaw then that started enabling you to thrive and and do well? So like, how what were the sort of building blocks? And I'm assuming then it was a, a lot of sort of self awareness. Go oh, actually, this isn't working. And you're scratching yeah, your head. Like definitely. How did you then start building it or approaching it in in the right way? What were the sort of first building blocks? The first building blocks were looking at ourselves first of all mm. and ascertaining hang on a minute things aren't particularly working you know there was there was it was nothing disastrous we were still earning decent money and it was still good but we've always wanted to grow the bit we never wanted to be a lifestyle business and you've known that from the start yeah definitely we want to we want to grow we don't want to be like Hayes or Reed or somewhere like that but But you didn't want it to be just you two no definitely not we want to you know we want to dominate our sector yeah and we're and we're close to doing that to be fair um but I think the first the first point came was looking internally mm. and saying, right, these things are still happening. You know, this isn't a coincidence here. What am I doing wrong? What 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 am I doing wrong? What can I learn about what's been going on and how can I start to change those things? Mm. And how can I start putting those things right? And we we had a period of reflection of about six months of looking at absolutely everything yeah. and kind of removed ourselves a little bit from you know, the whole kind of the cycle of, of bringing people in, trying to train them up and stuff like that and kind of identifying where we can change and how we can change. Um, I took some step back. I took quite a few steps back from the day to day recruitment because juggling a busy desk and being high billers and then running a team is virtually impossible because Mm you know which way do you go because if you're if the business relies on the fees that you're bringing in and your staff rely on you as well somewhere along the line one of those things is going to drop down yeah so we took an active decision for me to take a step back from the day-to-day stuff yeah um and learn as much as possible about people and how to get the best out of people and kind of put those skills into play 
and really push the individuals forward and, and have more of a focus on that and relinquish the control of the day-to-day billings and the clients and what have you and trust others to bring them through mm. and, and nurture them and push them forward. How long was that how long how long was that period of you how long was that transitional period? I would say that the transitional period although people didn't necessarily realize it at the time it's probably about a year mm. um, and then throughout that time I had one of my biggest ever years um, in 2018 yeah. at the and, and then at the end of the towards the end of that I stepped away from from billing completely yeah um, there's still there's still a couple of clients that only yeah. come to me which is lovely yeah. um, and because the relationship's so solid mm. and then you know everybody everybody kind of chips in to help those out but um, I've kind of as I say, 2018 was more of a focus on the individuals that we've got. Mm. And, and know, but up until that, up until that point, yep. you were just focusing on billing. Yeah. While I was trying to deal with the other stuff. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And that was, and that was the thing we were, we were all trying to bill and trying to bill yeah. as much money as possible mm. and look after staff as well. And mm. that's, that's it's, it's tricky. It's yeah. really tricky and run a business, do accounts, do this. Um, yeah, you know, people people turning up and doing this, training them, and then halfway through, me having a conversation with one of the staff, I've got a client on the phone, and it's go go go, so that has yeah, to stop. Yeah, yeah. So there came a time where it's like, look, you know, this can't carry on. So mm. that's the that's the do decision. You, do you because I, I really feel like people listening that definitely have their own business or even billing managers feel like like how they don't see how they could ever get out of that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like for you, so yeah, you, so you only you haven't done it for that that long, really. If mm-hmm. you think about it in terms yeah. of the, how long the yeah. business has been going. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, do you do you wish you did that earlier? In a funny way, no, I really? don't, because I I'm not the type of person that has regrets. Okay. Because we made the mistakes. Yeah. Because we were so desperate for it to happen. Yeah. In a funny way, no, I don't wish we'd done it earlier. Yeah. Because. Because if we'd done it earlier, perhaps we wouldn't be in such a strong position that we're in now. Yeah, fair. Because we have built such a, a wonderful brand, a mm. go-to brand for certain sectors that's kind of leading the light on so many different things. Yeah. Um, because the journey has kind of led us to there. Mm. I, I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily look back and regret because because it's because we're in such a good place and the people that we have now. Um, they're thriving and yeah. they're and they're enjoying it and they're loving it. So the the, the tough experiences for me has has put us in this position now. I, I know everybody's got a kind of different mindset on on looking at things like that, mm-hmm. but for me, I'm actually quite proud that we went through that and kind of looked at ourselves and said, "Hey, look, you know, it's mm-hmm. time that we fix this up." No, and, no, I, really and, like, and, I, and I, love, I love the fact that you, obviously you're both willing to sort of look in the mirror. I think I think yeah. that's great. And mm. okay, so. What, so what did the let, let's sort of I think a lot of people get a lot of value out of the transitional period and yeah. what your learnings and these types of things. So, just paint the picture of what the business looked like in, before, like as you at the beginning of you that year, yep. deciding to start transitioning. So beginning of two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. So what so, did yeah. the business look like at the beginning of two thousand eighteen? So be, the beginning of two thousand eighteen, essentially there was a flat structure. Yeah. How many of you was there? Uh, at that point, there was. Oh, I'm thinking back now. I right. would say there would be about nine of us, I think. Okay. And there was a flat structure, and essentially, yeah. 
I say flat, there was a bunch of people that were doing 360 yeah. and there were a couple of people doing resourcing and we had an office manager to do the admin. Yeah. Um, and literally all hands to the pump and we would... Yeah, yeah that's the type of business just, I was in. Yeah, just pure recruitment like, from, from top to bottom and, and we were doing it. Just, just quickly, sorry to butt in. Yeah. And like, because we've spoken a bit about the early period, blah, blah, blah. So up until 2018, what, yeah. what you just said, yeah. had it always been around sort of that? Yes. If you get what I mean, had it yeah. always, has it fluctuated then from like five to nine people to 12 yeah, people, 10 it people? Kind, yeah, yeah. It, kind of, it kind of gradually, it gradually built up over the, gradually yeah. built up over the years. Yeah. It went from like two, three, yeah. to then four, to five, yeah, yeah. and then stayed at five, and then there was a couple okay. more, and then we'd, we'd, we'd be bringing a little bit more in, and then just kind of gradually growing and growing and growing from there. Okay. So, and what about, again, and what about um, revenue-wise? Where, where was you at as a business? Just to frame this up, because I think I'd be interested to talk about from where you was to when you transitioned. So around 2018, <coughs> where was you at? Uh, 2018, well, within... We got to our, we got to 2017, uh, 2016, 2017, yeah. when we first hit a million, okay, which is, which is what we were working towards. Cause we said, look, if we can get to a million, then we can, in a year, know, this, yeah, just, yeah, as, as over, one year. yeah, as yeah, over for, for the company. Okay. And so if we can get to a million, this is where it starts to get interesting and we can really push on from there. Yeah. So that's it. So we got to that point. And that was quite exciting. That was a big, that was a massive milestone for us. Yeah. And so is that, sorry, is that bill, just to be billions or net fee income, million? Uh, that was billions. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. that was billions. Right. So, um, and then from there, we looked at introducing the temp side of things yeah. because that was, that, was, that was one of the things that we really wanted to get involved with okay. because we could do it at that point. Um, and then, you know, from, from there, we've, we've had a massive upward curve ever mm. since, basically. Okay, cool. So then... Going into 2018, yes. as you shared with us, yeah. you like right made the decision that you was gonna focus on people. Mm -hmm. Let's really understand what people want, how we can get the best out of people, yeah. how we can grow this business, mm -hmm. all these types of things, right? Yeah. So, what what was the mindset or the approach of actually transitioning it then? Because I think, like, may or may not know, but 80% of the recruitment industry are in that bracket of under 10 people, right? yeah. micro businesses, right? Yeah. So I think a lot of people listening, business owners or even recruiters, like they see, they work next to their business owner and like they, like it may seem impossible for Paul, the business owner, Billa, all the mm -hmm. different hats to like yeah. get out of that. Yeah. So like, did you have a plan to sort of, Trend, like, do you know what I mean? How did you approach that year there was, of yeah, transitioning? There was a there was a loose plan, and okay. and the plan was to first things first. You've got to relinquish, start to relinquish control because yeah. being a good recruitment consultant, you got to be a control freak. Yeah, right? yeah there's no sure. there's no gray area, right? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. If you're not going to meet a good recruiter who's not a control freak, as yeah. simple as that. So you've got to sit there and say, well, actually, I've got a you know I've got a move away, relinquish as much control to, so you can concentrate on other stuff. Well, did you start relinquishing first? For the client side. The clients, yeah. The, the clients. Um, how did you, did it, was it very much all about communicating? So it was like, hey, such and such client. Yeah. That, so this isn't, look, so this is what I'm doing. This yeah. is what I'm focusing on. Yeah. You're going to have Jane that's going to be speaking to you. This yeah. is why. And just communicating that you're you're going on this journey and, what, yeah. and why. Yeah, very much so. Okay. And um, we, we, I spoke to a lot of the businesses and told them what the plan was. Nice. They were really supportive. Yeah. And, you know, for all our businesses know, any client of ours knows that, 
if they want to talk to me or anyone in, who's senior in our business, mm. they can just pick up the phone. Mm. So that communication is still always going to be there. Yeah. Um, and that's and I think that that's vital for any business, you know, yeah. regardless of how big you get. So the communication lines will always be there. But ultimately, the day-to-day stuff, mm. you're bringing people into the business to push your business forward. So you've got to trust them to do it. Them, yeah. You've got to trust them to do it. And I... Um, all of the people that that work with us and work in our team, they all know that I encourage them to just go out there and just try and encourage them to make mistakes as well. Mm. And as, and sometimes when new people come, they look at me like, well, you, you know, are you sure? I'm like, yes, because mm. the business is still going to keep going. It takes something major for one of our members of staff to do something really catastrophic that we lose a client or yeah, you know, yeah. worst case, that happens, you know, once, you know, it just doesn't happen, does yeah. it? You know, yeah, it, yeah. like everything, you can get around everything. Mm. People make honest mistakes. Mm. That's how you're going to learn from them. Yeah. So I'm I'm a big believer in that. And it's, and it's about kind of retraining the mindset, for me anyway, was retraining my mindset from just I've got to let go Mm. And put my faith in in all these other people, and and refocus my energies on developing the guys and developing the brand as much as possible. Mm. That will then therefore limit the mistakes that you make. Mm. Um, and if you can't get kind of ten, twelve, fifteen years in to recruitment and seeing it from point A, really old school, with so, with an, and then an industry with so many different changes, with mm. lots of different things and not learn from that and pass that on to somebody, um, that's a bit sad, actually. Yeah. You, you know, if, if you haven't got to that point and you can't, and you feel that you can't kind of give something back and push it on. Mm. So I kind of felt it was a bit of a duty of mine to be doing that. Mm. And, um, okay. you know, so so that's that was my mindset behind it that was like... I like that. Know, yeah, so, so, you, to, so you start relinqu- re- relinquishing yeah. um, responsibilities, start yeah. with clients. Yeah. And then what... So looking back now then i'm sure this is ongoing but like and i think that can always be a challenge that just really understanding that look if you hire this person then you should trust them right but that's obviously a process isn't it so like of course how sort of knowing what you know now how what would you say to people sort of like this is how i'd really encourage you to think about it when you're going through that process or because that can be a challenge you can't you can't just trust someone like that can you so like how how have you got better at so it seems like you've got better at letting people make their own mistakes. Definitely, yeah. You haven't got involved when you probably were in the back of your head going, oh, I could probably just solve it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, how have you got better at allow allowing to, or just trusting the people around you? Like, I won't lie, it's it, it's it's difficult, okay? It's, yeah. It is difficult. I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, you know, it's, it's easy, just take a step back and let people, because mm. your business is your baby. Your business is kind yeah. of, is, is everything, isn't it? It's not the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. But as I said, as I go back to what I said before, if you're hiring people, you've got to have faith in your abilities that you're hiring the right people. Yeah. If you're hiring the right people, then therefore you've got to, you've got to back your own judgment because yeah. if you don't trust them, that means you're doubting yourself mm. in that process in mm. the first place. So it's about getting the recruitment the recruitment procedure internally yeah. as tight as it possibly can be and not sitting there thinking, right, okay, well, we've got to this number, we've got to bring somebody in because we've got to get our headcount up. And I know that lots of conversations have been spoken about this on previous podcasts yeah. about 
um, you know, headcounts vanity yeah. and um, the guy, uh, the guy from Birmingham, was Chris yeah, Matt. Matt yeah. um, he was saying about he was just wanted to get people in, so his yeah. headcount was more. And I think that's really common because we were probably a bit the same. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we've taken on someone else. Look at us. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's about keeping it as tight as possible and making sure. <clears throat> excuse me, making sure that those people that you're getting in are exactly right for your business mm. and right for the values that you have, the way that you want them to work and the way, you know, your expectations and there, and those are all aligned and making sure that those people are the correct fit. So you can let them go off and really push forward and mm. flourish. So what did you start focusing on then? It's relinquishing responsibilities. Cause yeah. I'm sure there's loads of things that you could dive into. Like yeah. what, what did you start Focusing on. So I focus, uh, I focus on twofold. Um, I've always loved coming up with ideas and marketing and advertising and bits and pieces. Okay. That's always been a huge passion of mine. So I wanted to really put the brand out there okay. and just sledgehammer people with it mm. and um, and have our brand as prominent as it can be. Okay. So, so is the the branding of the company and making sure it's as visible as possible yeah. is one of your focuses. Yeah, okay. yeah, and I think that that's vital, and it's it's even more vital today yeah, for sure, and going to be in the next cu couple of weeks, couple of months. Yeah. Um, so that is a, that's that was a large percentage of it, and then coupled with staff development, training, and and helping them mm. and pushing them forward. Um, so I looked at. Uh, different methods on how to teach new consultants coming into the business. Mm. I took a lot from, uh, we hired um, an L&D person initially okay. and I kind of listened to what she said yeah. and agreed with what, a, full time? What? It was a pro it was, she came in on a project basis. Okay. Uh, I agreed with a lot of it. Um, I, I disagreed with, with some of it as well. So I kind of looked at what she was delivering. I looked at what, back in the day, my old managers, how they would approach things. Mm. And I looked at a lot of things that I have worked through and different examples there and kind of put this, put this bits, put these bits and pieces together mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and deliver it to new, to, you know, to people who are fresh in recruitment and what have you. Mm. But now, um, our team, literally every single day I'm there every single day with our team and they know that at any specific moment Paul okay let's so, and we will talk about stuff right okay this is where I'm with that what do you think about this this scenario okay. I mean that's and that's how we work it yeah. so it's an ongoing thing all yeah. day every day um, the guys can can talk to me continually so okay. it's a kind of, so it's a continual thing yeah. that has got a bit of structure to it but is loose as well yeah. that's fluid that's a good thing about being in the business of your size isn't it yeah that you can definitely. do that yeah. so that was just going to say I was going to ask you like what what does a typical pool day look like now? Because yeah. I think people listening, they, mm -hmm. they've like you had that, yeah. you had a particular structure today. You know what you had to do on a yes. however how many years, and then yeah. you're now going in this railway, focus on marketing, branding, yeah. helping the guys. So like what? So you're just saying there, it can be really fluid. But what what does a typical day or week look like for someone that's a bit more operational? Yeah, I mean, interestingly for me now. I, th I don't think I've ever been busier in all, in all, in all honesty. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, even I, I was looking at some figures and like, even like even the years where I was billing huge numbers, mm. 
you know, they su- surprised me actually because I didn't think that they were as big as they were actually. Um, I think back. What strictly? Yeah, mm. um, you know, huge. What was your huge, best year then before you just went? under just, just under six hundred grand? Really, billing wise, yeah, perm, yeah, fucking hell. And for secretarial recruitment, where average fees at that point were like four grand. Really? Yeah, that gives, that, that puts it in perspective the kind yeah. of volume of placements that. Mate, that's and that was just me. So that was just you doing that. That was just yeah. It's just didn't from, have a delivery person or no, resource. Just me, just me. Let's talk about that for a sec. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know obviously you, you, you prepare for this and look for this. And I think, yeah, look, I think a big part that is always a good part to speak on this podcast is the actual reality of numbers and performance. Because I think that's the whole thing, right? I think typical back in the day or even now, you walk into a pub and go and you meet a bunch of recruiters and you're like, yeah, how's it going? Mm. Yeah, it's going great. But you mm. don't actually know. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so I yeah. guess... Let's just talk about that for a sec. A lot of recruiters listen to this. So I guess, one, was that a gradual increase? Like, what what did the last couple of years before that look like? It was a gradual increase. Yeah. It was a gradual increase. And it was was a combination of the brand awareness of what we were doing with the company as well. Mm. And a combination of doing a lot of the right things. And positioning ourselves very clearly, this is how we're going to do it. And staying true to that and keep going and going and going. Did you do, was that all like contingent or was it retained or? Contingency. Really? Yeah, all of it. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm just thinking because a lot of people will hear that and go, they will just think that's like. Unachievable. Not unachievable. Yeah. So like. It can you, be. So yeah. So like, just for a second then, like, how, so what, what do you sort of, what are the key things that you think contribute or contributed to pool in your market being able to to execute that i think the key so look this is a lot of things that i say to new people in recruitment okay go on and you know look for for me i take a lot of i've i've spent a lot of time studying really successful people whether they be business people um i study a lot of sports people as well because i think business and sport very when you different. say study, what, what do you mean? Look into look into how they like read books. Yeah, podcasts, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And and look into people's life stories and how they've got to to be such a success. And if you look at people like Tiger Woods, David Beckham, um, Andre Agassi, Rooney, yeah, uh, Ronaldo, you look at the regime that they go through. Yeah, they're prepared to put themselves in a different stratosphere to everybody else. Mm-hmm. If you look at Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon mm. Musk, Gary V. Mm. You know, I know you probably know yeah, yeah. a lot about Gary V. Um, you look at the lengths that they're prepared to go to to yeah. get to where they are. Recruitment isn't a nine to five job. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you have to work every se- every single second of the w- of the day. Yeah, but you've got to be better than your competitor because mm-hmm. if a candidate emails you their CV at eight o'clock at night and you don't look at it and you don't get back to them till the morning, there's going to be two, three, four people who are your competitors that are getting back to them and getting bo- getting them booked in that night. Mm. So it's about having, for me, it was about being prepared to, to take myself to that extra level and not necessarily work every single second of the day, not at all, but when I'm there in the office, I'm all about business and I'm all about booking as many people in I'm, I'm, I'm all about developing my clients and making sure that I'm going to the levels that my competitors aren't prepared to go to okay so work ethic yeah being willing to go the extra mile do what yeah. your competitors aren't willing to do yeah 
what did pull the 600k bill a day look like then at that period because clearly you must have been pretty rigid and have it structured and like yeah. at the same time yes, I'm sure you're yeah. fluid but yeah, like did, what yeah. what did your day look like I've always been pretty fluid I've okay. always been pretty fluid and again we have again I've seen recruiters come who are new to the industry and say well what's what kind of structure can I have in my day yeah, a lot of people want to know about people's structure yeah and look I think it's I think it's very difficult to have a structure in recruitment because if I sit here and say, okay, at half eight you do this, at quarter nine, if your biggest client calls and says, I've got this job, I need them now, your structure's gone. Mm. You know, so I loosely Yeah, gone. I would get to the office I would get to the office about quarter past eight and I would see three candidates face to face before half past nine. Really? And I, yeah, I would get them booked in. So you'd always try and book in candidates before half nine yeah yeah, candidate. yeah 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 okay at least two or three okay and then i would and then once that's done yeah. i would then make sure the cvs are sent out then i would go on to bd yeah then i would go back then i would go bd up until lunchtime and then throughout lunchtime i would see three or four people over lunch yeah make sure that they're make sure they're all set yeah. in the afternoon i would be making sure that all the cvs are going out yeah and making sure that's done and then after work i would see people as well Mm. So that would be the loose structure yeah. from making sure I've got my candidates at designated points. In see, to, to sit down with people, you must have done a lot of candidate generation. Like, how? Yeah. Where was you doing that? At that time, um, at that time, it was mainly through the websites. It really? Mainly, yeah, it was mainly just. It was mainly through websites and advertising. LinkedIn was prominent, but nowhere near what it's like now. So you just get okay. That's interesting. So we would have uh, ad, ad response after ad response after ad response. Yeah. And my, I would make sure that my adverts would generate as many people. I mean, I look back at some of the adverts that I posted, and you know, I was getting, you know, it's anywhere between fifteen hundred and three and a half thousand people apply to my adverts. But how much of that was good quality though? Not that many. Yeah. Just go through them and get them. Really? Just knock them out. Oh, mate. Just knock them out. Really? Yeah. Fair enough. And that's what, and that's how we were taught to do it. Yeah. You know, and just, yeah. just go through it, just get it done. And it was, it was, it wasn't nothing. It wasn't, yeah. it was just, that was just. But that was one of the main, uh, was well, that was one of the main sources of you getting booking meetings with people. Yeah. Kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, we would be, we would just be out there all of the time. It was, it, we would be on it, you know, continually. Yeah. And as I say, it's not easy, and it's it's one of those things Work that you effort. go, yeah. And so you, what, so what, what are the things that you see in the people around you now, the new people? Yeah. Um, obviously, you you see the people in your business, but like, so you've experienced that. You know what it takes. Like, what are the common things that you see in people that? you think prevents them from getting to the sort of levels that you've been at and yeah. the performance that you've got to? It's a great question because um, I think the number one thing is that it's very easy to sit there and say, I want it. Yeah, it's very, very, it's very easy. It's really that's the easy. easy part. Yeah, that's the easy part. And, you know, it's very easy to sit there and look at people's lives online and see they've got a nice watch or they've got a nice yeah. car, which they're probably renting. say, I want that. Yeah, I which, that. which to be honest, they're probably renting, you know, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, for, for the sake of pictures. But it's about getting the mindset into taking it to that level of where nobody else is prepared to go. And then <laughs> once, you get, once you get your head around that and you start putting that into play. What does that actually mean, though? levels that and then do you know what i mean what does that actually mean okay well look you've got look i go back to what i was saying before if you want a if you want a nine to five job okay recruitment so just putting in the work it's putting, putting in, the work. in the work yeah, yeah. And look as i say i'm not an advocate of working 12 hour days yeah. I'm, I'm not but yeah. what i am an advocate of 
is making sure that you're present and you're thinking about what you're doing. Yeah. And if that means at eight o'clock you get out of the gym and on the train home, instead of scrolling through Instagram and, yeah, and whatever, yeah, 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 or, or that, yeah. you, you know, you look at your emails and if you see a candidate, you get in contact with them. Yeah. If you see your clients uh, are in, uh, are want to speak to you, you get back to them there. Mm. And that's, and that's what separated me from everybody else because my clients would be getting in touch and blah, blah, boom. And I would be getting back to them and they would all say, you're the only one of the only ones that do that. Yeah. And that separates you from the crowd. And that, do you think that's that still that sort of real? People easy to say that they want it, but don't back that up. Yeah, you got to, you, you know if you truly want it, then you then you then you put yourself in the position to make sure you succeed. Yeah, because that is the bedrock with everything. And as I say, I've looked into all of these people's lives, and they are, you know, the the fundamental is that they are literally obsessed in what Lit. they do. Yeah. And they're, they're obsessed with that, of being the best in the world or having the biggest, yeah. biggest store in the world, Jeff Bezos. Like, you know, if you look at the lengths that he goes to and the lengths that he put his staff through when he first yeah. started, it's off the scale. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't advocate that, but. I think, I think there's a thing just to be sort of said here as well is that, if you don't want that, then that's fine as well, isn't it? Of course it is, yeah. yeah. Of course it but is. It's, but it's like, but yeah. it's just recognising If you're sitting there, yeah. and I'm saying to you, Paul, look, I want to be the best mm -hmm. secretarial recruiter in London. Yeah. Okay, Ishan, we're going to do what it takes. And this is what yeah. you're talking about. Is like, yeah. And this is what's required. There's no yeah. shortcuts. No shortcuts. And, that, and that's, it's so, it always comes up. It's work ethic. It's being willing yeah. to do what yeah. your competitors aren't willing to do. But I think at the same time, it's look, look, Hisham, if you don't want to be at that top seat and you just want to be a really good recruiter, there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and everybody's got that level. Yeah. And I think for me, I had exposure to it quite early on in life. I was, I was a really good sportsman. I was a runner. Okay. Um, and I took it seriously, but not really seriously. And then at the end of my last season, my trainer said, "If you want it, do you want to get to that next level? Do you want to run in the England squad?" I was yeah. like, "Yeah, of course I do." He was yeah. like, "Right, this is what we got to do." And it was just a whole new world. And, <laughs> and at That's that so interesting. and at that point, I wasn't ready for it. Crumbled. It, well, yeah, I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. And then eight years later, I watched the Olympics and I see people that I was running against running really for Wales and uh, and yeah. and GB that, and stuff. And then you think, well, hang on a minute. Okay, if I'd have done that, yeah. this is what. But that, that's the punchline, though, isn't it? I think in today's world people mm -hmm. so you've got a unique context there where people would look at those people running the olympics and go oh isn't he lucky he's done yeah. well there but they didn't see the regime that you yeah. got given and go oh, if you want a party yeah, yeah. to make yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the regime yeah. like yeah no thanks yeah they're so not like, lucky you don't yeah. see yeah. the part it's that's exactly. behind the scenes of what these no, people are doing 100%, yeah. 100%. So true. and there's i think it was arnold palmer uh the more practice that the more i practice the luckier i get and that's it's as simple as that yeah. you know all of these stories every single time it's about being obsessed with that end goal and just going and going and going yeah, and going yeah, and going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what and that's what separates these people from everybody yeah. else. Okay, mate. Um, just something on which I think you've had to get definitely get better. I was just looking at some of the um, questions mm. that a number of people have given me recently. So one of them, which I think is really interesting, which I think you just on this subject is, um, I'll just read it. So I feel it's important to foster a learning culture in a company and equip new recruiters with the skills they need to be successful. How is this done in certain companies? What do managers need to be aware of when they are coaching and developing their recruiters? I yeah. think that's something that you've obviously had to be on the journey on. And we're talking about 
your success and what contributed to that and recognizing some of these things what what comes up for you when i ask you that i think look a key thing is uh, one of the most important things in my belief is always learning i think that that's like that kind of captures that question right there the the learning side of things for for me I've gone a bit. I've gone on a bit of a discovery in the last six years. Yeah. I'm trying to learn as much as I possibly can, whether it's about about helping develop other people. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and developing yourself. Yeah, exactly, mm. and and kind of twofold because I have to develop myself so I can help other people. Definitely, and a lot of people miss that. Yeah, of mm. course. Yeah, because you know nobody's perfect unless yeah. you know, and unless you keep keep going and going yeah, and going. Yeah, yeah. So. I think the learning side of things is and, and making sure that everybody is up for learning and up for pushing forward. Mm. And I think one of the most important factors, and probably even more so today at this moment, given with what's going on, is the receptiveness to, to change. Mm. And that's something that, as I say, in my old environment, they wouldn't change. Yeah. And here we are now. You know, mm. the two of the bit, two of the biggest billers moved on mm. to to go past them and yeah. you know and, and move forward, and you have to be able to change all of the time, and change mindsets of how you're going to focus, um, and, and the right things to focus on at the right times, because I was very close to social media and what have you for yeah. a very long period of time. Yeah. But then you have a bit of a light bulb moment. Well, actually, you can actually can control this <laughs> and what goes out. Yeah. And, you know, instead of putting pictures of your dinner up, you can start making money out of your mobile yeah, phone, yeah. you know. So um, it's, yeah, learning and being open to change and, and, and moving forward. And encouraging. Yeah, I really like that. I think that's such a valuable skill or environment to foster is being willing to change. I think that's in today's world as... As you just said, especially with what's going on now. Yeah. Um, sort of segue quite nicely before we finish and stuff. Always talk about on this podcast thing. It's so important. But I think it segues quite nicely into the things that you're talking about. Mental health, stress. Yeah. What, what's your journey been like with that, mate? My journey, it was interesting to say. I mean, my um, mental health and stress was, was never really a thing until mm. about five, six years ago. Yeah. Um, where things got a bit much for me, in all honesty. I had a period of time where... Um, I was told to take a step back. Really? For you know, for a few weeks, a few a month or so. Were you burnt out or like just? Well, I wouldn't necessarily was burnt out. I was, I was, we, I was searching, and we were searching for the right answers, and we were, and, and again, at that point, it was you know, it's probably a light bulb moment to say, right, okay, things have to kind of change to move forward Um, and it is it's it's very prominent Um, it's very prominent now I think there are so many things that people should be doing and they're not at the moment like what? I think people need look I can sit here all day long and say you've got to take yourself to that next level Mm. if you take yourself to that next level you need an outlet to to counteract that there's no point doing it if it's not sustainable not at all you know there's there's no point you know so i can sit here now and and come across as like oh you've got to work 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 work. but let's get it right if you do that you've got to have the balance between the two yeah and whether that for me it's running okay and i go out and run and i find that really helpful yeah and that and and that that helps me for other people it could be art you know whatever yeah, it yeah. could be you know it could be something it's just getting that it's getting that release oh. so you can so you can have 
one side of you that does this and then the other side the chance to just completely switch off and have that something have you else. found that to help your guys as well then like what what sort of have you seen that's helped your guys get through stressful challenges and because it, it's, it's tough right so like what yeah. have you seen and i know everyone's different but yeah what have you commonly seen that's helped the people around you to get through that can be really sort of pressure and stressful environment i think yeah I, I think one of the biggest things is having that vehicle to go and switch off to mm. Wh- and whatever that is great you yeah. know it, knitting whatever it doesn't matter yeah, yeah, okay yeah. Don't, like it, it just yeah. doesn't matter nobody should be you know nobody should be like apologizing for liking what they do it's just yeah. having that time to say okay this is what i do all day every day I've got to have something that counteracts that yeah. so I can push... Is that because you always end up thinking... If you don't, then you're always thinking about... can always find yourself thinking about recruitment yeah, or just th- thinking about your professional... Like, yeah, what, I th- yeah. Look, look, for me, I think it's very clear the type of person that I am when I, when I say going to those yeah. levels, you know, and that's what I'm going through now with my career. And, I, yeah. you know, the day that I stop doing that is, you know, is, is that's, when, that's when it finishes. So I need to have those things and I yeah. recognise that now. Before I didn't, didn't I just yeah. thought I could just go on and be invincible. But yeah, and then it all kind of comes crashing down around you and you start making really bad decisions. So yeah. um, it's, it's very important to have that. And we are in the process at the moment of looking at a wellness plan for our for oh, our man. staff. We're looking at uh, the steps that we can undertake to give them outlets of people to talk to, yeah. whether it's me or somebody else removed, yeah, yeah. whether it's outlets of physical activity or different act- yeah. different general activities for our team to go off and develop a passion and yeah. and go and pursue other things. That's wicked. Hmm. And then I think what would tie up quite nicely actually and you talking about your own personal journey on transitioning, having a great year to then going into more of a focus on other people and these types of things. Like how 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 did the business then how did this look better business wise? Did you end up um did you end up being more profitable and making more money? Did you find it then you when you were focusing and did you find it easier or um, to to get people into your business, like yeah. what? Let's 100%. just frame that up. So, yeah. like, what what did you end up doing? So, what were we in twenty? It's twenty. So, tw- end of twenty nineteen. Yeah. Where did you, how did it look revenue wise? So, revenue wise, um, revenue wise, we pushed past it. We pushed us past the two million barrier. Okay, which is great. It's, a, it's another. It's another big milestone. Yeah, and without question. And look, it's not all down to me at all. Of course, yeah, yeah. It's, it's right. It's the bedrock of the bedrock. The, yeah. the bedrock is the team, yeah. and that's and they're the people that push it. Um, but the fact that I have been able to step away and have somebody that is removed from day to day billing to kind of remove yourself from that and take more of a um, an overview and, and an outside looking in a position on decisions and stuff yeah. like that. You can make better decisions on recruitment. You can make better decisions yeah. on these are the things that we need to do. This person actually isn't um, isn't kind of succeeding in that market. Maybe if they looked at this and 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 kind of could relax a little bit more and put their skills into that, they'll be able, they'll be doing a bit more. And we've mm. seen a couple of those incidences. Mm. So those have worked really well. So it has worked wonders for the business because we have managed to get the right people yeah. um, to push forward. Okay. Um, before I ask you um, the last question, how, yes. how, two things really. So like, how do you see 
recruitment in the sort of short to medium term with the current adversity, coronavirus, etc. But and then also, how do you see recruitment? Because you've been in the game for a long while, so like I always like to people like, what, what do you see the future being for recruitment? So I guess immediate sort of future, like how do you see it, and then immediate, sort of long yeah. term, what are we thinking? Look, immediate, immediate. There's no, you can't sugarcoat this. It's going to be no. tough. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I think to you know sitting here now if you listen to with the news and what have you, it's going to be a very challenging few months. There's no two ways about that. But on the flip side of that, these challenges is going to open up so many different avenues yeah. at the end of it. And the, and the landscape will be very, very different, whether it kind of opens up opportunities for more people working from home or it goes the other way, where the whole working from home thing just completely just doesn't work because yeah. everybody's full suit. Who knows? We'll, fi we'll yeah, find out. Yes. We'll find out very soon. So I think in the short term, it is going to be very, very tough. But there will also be a number of opportunities at the end of it with different sectors, with new things that are coming through. Mm. And it will... I am very confident that as quickly as things slow down, it will quickly ramp up ramp again up, at yeah. the end of it. At this point today, I mean, I could be completely wrong and yeah, you know, yeah. um, we'll see what happens over the, over the coming months. But I am very confident that as quickly as it falls, it will return and it will be the businesses that stay present and the businesses that, that ride it out for the longest period of time that will really succeed and be able to grow and flourish from there. Mm. In the long term, before the corona, like before yeah. the coronavirus was obviously centre yeah. topic, like how how do you see the recruitment industry evolving? Like you've been in it for twenty years, now, yeah. so like how what what do you see the future? Of, like I think, yeah. what comes to mind? I've been doing a lot of um, I've been doing a lot of presentations yeah. um, over the last year or so externally to different people. Yeah, uh, one of the things that we introduced in our business which coincided with the with the really big year that I did, yeah. um, is that we started doing video, um, um, we started to do video introductions on our CVs, yeah. and it's before everyone else was doing it, yeah. um, whereas now video is very prominent. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we uh, that we talk about, and I talk about a lot, is the, is the use of the technology and, yeah. and making the most of that, and, put, and really pushing it forward to, for, to your advantage. So I think a lot of things will get um, technology based and, and looking at that I would love to think and I would really hope that we can keep a lid on that somehow mm. and not make everything automated yeah. because the heart of recruitment relies on relationship building for sure whether it be through candidates clients and what have you and yes you've got to embrace technology but it's all about being present and knowing and, and having those key relationships so it's definitely going to be technology based and it's, it's definitely going to be using the tools that are there in front of you um, and using them to the maximum of your your ability but still maintaining those tight bonds and relationships and and getting to know each company as, as well as you should okay so before i ask you the last question what? yes what are you excited about? A bit of positivity, <laughs> mate. What were you it's excited lots about? Bit, lots of positivity. Look, this year, um, we started the year, couldn't have been posit more positive. The stars were aligned to yeah. have our best year. We had so many things planned for our 10th birthday, so yeah. many different competitions, giveaways. 
we're due to film a, an Easter video yeah. on Wednesday, so we're just kind of working out whether that's going to happen. I think we're still going to do it, which is going to be a huge giveaway um, and a big 10-year birthday party, which we were going to do in the summer, so we can just push that back yeah. towards the towards the end of the year. So there is look, there is lots of possible, uh, there's lots of positivity, yeah. especially in our business. We're 10 years old, so that's, yeah, that's a amazing. Huge, it's a huge achievement, yeah. and we will celebrate it. Um, and make sure that we, make sure that we celebrate it in the right way. For me personally as well, I'm excited about different chapters in my career as well because yeah. um, I've been doing a lot of speeches and presentations and giving something back to the industry as well. Yeah. Because the industry has been very good for me for 20 plus years. I think that um, I am a great believer in you know, giving that information and passing it on mm. and trying to help as many people as possible. Awesome. Um, and if people take some things from that, um, then I'm really happy with that. Mm. So okay. um, there's lots of things to still be excited about. Cool. Last question. Yes. Can I answer it with a, a phrase, a sentence, a word, okay. whatever comes to mind. But if, if Paul could communicate to every single recruiter out there, they would listen to your advice, they'd take it on, they'd implement it tomorrow. What would you say to the people? Take it to the level that your competitors aren't prepared to go. I like it. <laughs> Paul, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really want to ensure this podcast remains valuable and relevant for all of you. If you have topics or questions you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me best place to get me is on LinkedIn. Just search Hishimazuz and drop me a message. I would love to hear from you. Finally, if you have two minutes, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave an honest review for the podcast. It will simply mean that I can reach more people with this podcast. You can easily leave a review for the podcast by clicking the link in the episode notes or by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash rollercoaster. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>